Hey dudes, this is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. This week on the show, we're talking about the NBA All-Star Game. It was a banner weekend, showcased some of the best rising stars, and a lot of really good performances from all the usuals, like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James, of course. The All-Star Game is always impressive for its moments of brilliance, and this game certainly had its share, uh, but it's not known for its competitive tenacity, and that was also the case this year. Um, but the three-point shooting was really outstanding to watch, and uh, the game was fun at times, rather boring for a lot of it, um, but if you're a basketball fan, it's definitely worth watching. This week, I'm talking to Blake Gillespie of Impose Magazine. Uh, Blake's been writing about music for almost a decade. Uh, he's contributed to the Sacramento Bee, the Sacramento News and Review, and a number of other great outlets. Um, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Busy Gillespie. Uh, that link will be in the podcast info. We're going to talk about all the highlights from the All-Star Game, as well as the lowlights. And I'm looking at you, Carmela Anthony. We're also going to talk about Blake's team, the Sacramento Kings, and assess where they are in the season right now. And we're also going to look forward to the playoffs, see who we think is going to win the title. Let's go to that conversation. Hey, Blake, thanks for coming on The Big Game. Uh, thank you for having me, man. So we just watched uh, a pretty spectacular and a pretty mundane NBA All-Star game, which I think is standard as far as uh, this competition goes every season. Uh, the West won 163-158, to though the game was never really as close as that scoreline, uh, even though the West had a 20-point lead at one time, and then LeBron James kind of felt it was his duty to bring the East back and make it a little bit competitive. Uh, and so, you know, my kind of takeaways from it, first off, is that it was point guard heavy. You know, I think at one point the West had three point guards on the floor. Uh, then you've got the most three-pointers combined in the history of the All-Star game. Uh, and then you had LeBron, like I said, gunning for, like, the MVP award, as was Russell Westbrook. Um, and because the West won, he succeeded. So uh, what did you think of this game? Who impressed you? Who disappointed you? And was there anyone that you wish would have been in the game? Well, I think, you know, right away in, in talking about this, like, you know, point guard heavy situation. Um, and I was trying to double check this right, you know, before we, we started. But, you know, Brandon Knight at um, for the Bucks is, you know, having an excellent season mm -hmm. and. To have him excluded, you know, and in like a, such a point guard heavy uh, all star roster, um, to have him excluded seemed kind of ridiculous in place of uh, a supposedly injured Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> we'll, get, uh, we'll get into which, Carmelo, trust me. Yeah, we can totally get into, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's just, there's teams that seem to have you know, far more at, at stake in terms of, you know, being competitive and having players who are, who are making them competitive versus like, you know, some of the, the options we had there. I think seeing the Hawks kind of at one point seem to be going up against the West was, was a, was a, a big moment mm -hmm. in the game that like has, it's like, you know, 
its merits for for discussion of what's going to happen in the second leg of the season. Yeah, I was kind of wondering like if that if the game had been real competitive, like real competitive conditions, and you mm-hmm. had the 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 Hawks starting lineup going up against the starting lineup of the West All Stars, who do you think would win? Man, you know the because Jeff Teague the, impressed me in this game. Yeah, he Jeff always Teague has, impressed, but... and like you know, Kyle Korver is is deadly, um, you know, as proven. Uh, he was certainly, I thought, like in a, a position to, you know, if he had some more time out there, like mm-hmm. make a little bit of a, a case for an East MVP. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's that's uh, just one of those like those like fantasy questions that like it's it's tough to put um, much much credence on. Yeah, I think yeah, if, yeah. if you inf- like if. Uh, you're starting to play real defense in this game. Yeah, yeah. Like the the Hawks, I think that's when they have the chances. I think they're just maybe more. I don't know if they're like tougher than than mm-hmm. a lot of the other teams, but they reminded me a lot of. Um, I think this happened in 2003 or 2004 when the Pistons had like three or four guys on the floor at the same time, and it was the Detroit Pistons yes. versus the West. That is a that is a very. I like that. I, I will I will concur with that one for yeah. sure. And I found that like out you know when I was out there watching Horford you know play amongst all stars, I couldn't help but kind of see him as like a a a, a second generation or or third even um, like Tim Duncan. You know like just there's nothing flashy that's out you know that, that he's putting on the court. You know he's a great all star. He deserved to be there, but in terms of like the show, it, like you know, he, he brings the fundamentals, and uh, you get that in 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 um, in the Hawks is like specialized players, and that's what it's going to like ultimately take for like the bigger picture. Like the NBA is no longer a um, you know put a star out on the court and then right. go get a championship. You know, it's put a put put assets. Mm-hmm. You know deep assets, you know, in, in your roster. So. Yeah, and, and, and a guy like Al Horford, he, he reminded me, too, of, of uh, you know, his counterpart on the West, LaMarcus Aldridge. He, uh, he had, I think he was 7 for 11, LaMarcus was. Yeah. And his shot is just so beautiful. It's just oh. easy. He was 4 for 4 from 3, and it's just like, man, this guy is, like, so unassuming, but he could definitely, like, if, if this were a real competitive game, I think that's the guy you want to have on your team. Oh yeah, Aldridge just hit that like um, that like Hakeem level of like perfected fadeaway, you know. <laughs> like you just, it's like there's just so much stretch and his 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 tilt on his on his shot, like you can't get to it, you know. And yeah. it's just it's it's phenomenal to watch. It's like you know, it's not like it. it you ha- I guess maybe you have to have a certain like appreciation for like the subtle beauties in the game you know <laughs> yeah you gotta watch it with a coach's eye yeah 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 so, like, you know, so who who let you down in this game letdowns you know i, I don't want to say i can't say that like kevin durant is a letdown because i think what he did um in terms of just only playing 10 minutes is is wise considering this is just a an exhibition in other regards you know i don't know 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how, how about you? Well, I mean, yeah. for me, like, the biggest... I'm a Knicks fan, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I, not even Knicks fans wanted to see Carmelo Anthony on the floor. Let alone <laughs> Carmelo Anthony playing for 30 minutes and shooting 6 for 20. Because, I mean, it mm-hmm. was disastrous. And at the end of the game, when it finally started to get competitive, uh, people were playing defense, you know, they're, they're running pick and rolls. Like, it, it was starting to get, like, the last five minutes is the best part of the game. Uh, just kind of from an excitement standpoint, because you, know, you actually see them play basketball, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. he he put up a couple of threes I think on the last possession and just he bricked everything. He was bricking everything. He had no business being out there. Uh, oh no! And he he hasn't had any business being on the court for the Knicks for the last two months. Uh, he needs to get knee surgery, uh, and he was you know he helped them eke out a couple of wins in the last couple of months. And it's like, hey man. Get off the court and just like let the rookies lose so that we can get the best draft pick, you know? Yeah, and you know, eking it out so that like you know you guys can get to double digits and wins. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a, at this point. At this point in the in the season, is not exactly like priority. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's like and and you see him in the in the second half, like you know, he's up there matched up against Demarcus Cousins, who's a load. And getting abused in the paint, and like <laughs> that's going to only like have bad consequences either towards the ego of like you know having a, a young guy just like bully you, mm. or like potentially getting injured because you're in a situation that is <laughs> you know hazardous <laughs> because you're getting bullied. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Carmelo never plays D, so this is kind of like the perfect exhibition for his talents. He just didn't oh, show up. Yeah, yeah. He just. I know. <laughs> um, the other guy that kind of was, you know, I was looking forward to watching Clay Thompson uh, play, and especially play with Steph Curry, because you know, I haven't seen very many Golden State games this season, just because, you know, when the when the schedule makers uh, made the lineup for TV, they didn't put Golden State on on a whole lot, so I just haven't been able to mm-hmm. catch them. I mean, you're up in Northern California, so you probably watch them a lot more. Um, oh, but yes. I was kind of excited to see him play, and he just. I don't know if it was nerves or whatever, but he missed a couple threes, didn't really do much. What do you think of those yeah, two guys? Yeah, he kind of, you know, he kind of, he kind of faded into the into the foreground. But you know, I would also say that, like, you know, he he doesn't have the the flash that um, that Curry is 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 exhibiting right now. Like Curry is becoming that, like, you know his father with like a hybridization hybridization of like pistol Pete right now. Like mm-hmm. he's, or, or, you know, or Jason Williams in his prime, um, you know, of really putting on a, a show. Whereas like Clay Thompson is kind of, is, is the guy who, who is, who's knocked down, you know, based off of the, the draws that come to, to, uh, to Curry. So they, you know, they work in tandem and like, you know, any sort of like, you know, standout performance that you're going to get from from Clay is going to be kind of sneaky. You know, where you're, you know, which yeah. and then speaking of like sneaky, it, like I did not realize James Harden was as effective as he was in that game. Yeah, I looked at his stat line. He he scored <laughs> was it like uh, 29 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Like that guy was. Yeah, he, he almost yeah he he almost had an Ice Cube s good day. You know. <laughs> Uh, fucked around and got a triple double like it was which is you know you know ice cube 
definitely was playing in like an exhibition or inferior <laughs> against inferior people if that's what happened and like you know hence james harden almost pulled off the same thing yeah he, he, he like he looks so calm out there mm-hmm. and, and when he man every time he takes a three it goes in I mean, and, and it just feels that way when you see him line up you just think ah oh, that one's going in it just looks so smooth yeah 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 oh yeah his, his release you know is it's just it's uh it's got that effortlessness well that i mean so what do you think for? of uh you know basically the mvp award going to just the highest score because james harden definitely had one of the best all-around games um mm-hmm. and because russell westbrook was just going for it for the points i mean westbrook had one assist I mean, not yeah. that the All-Star game is a great place to show off your assist, but dude just took every yeah. shot he had. He he really did, but, I mean, he also, he was also, like, he made an impact in, in terms of, like, you know, when he stepped on, they, they, they performed better, and, you know, and he had a lot of, you know, flashy plays that, like, you know, definitely got people on their feet. Yeah, for sure. And 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 that's I mean, yeah. I mean, you could totally make that that case that like, all right, the guy who like almost had a triple double is you know that's pretty significant all star performance. Like that's all around you know. <laughs> yeah. What you're looking for, but no, it was Westbrook. I mean, he beat uh, what is it? He beat Wilt Chamberlain's record for the most and a half, correct? Or something yeah, like that? And or he, or he almost and he almost beat the record for. Um... Most points in an All Star game by one most point. Most points in All Star game, yeah, yeah. But so I mean, that's that's you know that's special. That's more special too than almost having a triple double. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I think if I think if Carmelo Anthony wasn't on the floor for the last like ten minutes of the game, then LeBron definitely would have taken it because I think he when when the East was down by twenty points, he willed them back. Um, yes. And also, I mean, who is going to, like, stand in front of him when he drives to the hoop in the All-Star game? Nobody. So, like, yeah, he, he's going to make it work. barely get people to sign up for that during the regular season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you mentioned DeMarcus Cousins earlier. He, had, I mean, he looked good. He, you know, he didn't have a lot of flash, but he got a bunch of boards. He got a bunch of easy dunks. You know, it looked like a, like a real good uh, player in the paint. Uh how is Sacramento doing right now, and kind of what the hell is going on up there? <laughs> Sacramento is 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 back in like a very what the hell uh, state, you know. Um, given the, like that, we we got new management. It it was kind of like this like tremendous uh, weight off our our chest, you know, up here to be like, all right, we've got you know capable minds who are handling our business now and not like some like you know rock star chugging uh (laughs) las vegas boys who've run every business into the ground yeah so so like there's a lot of optimism there and then and then it's become like like, i don't know i what i feel is is happening right now and a few people have have theorized this and kind of like you know made like some concession with these decisions that are coming from the office is it like you know you kind of get like splash uh trigger happy in your first year of ownership you want to like you know make a big impact and like and and when you do make that you know a few splashes like it gets a lot of attention so you kind of like you feed off that and you get 
trigger happy in it, as like I said, and, and then you kind of like have to find that balance where it tapers off and you just start making smarter, you know, smart decisions. And hopefully, signing George Carl is is that, that official now? Step that is that is official. That is uh, yeah yeah. So he is, and I think the the, the All Star break format this year of like you know, four days off before, or three days off, I guess, post-game, is going to play to our benefit, I think. You know, it's going to play to a lot of uh, teams' benefit, but I think having some time for George Carl to come in, meet with the team, get a few practices in before we're jumping back into the second half of the season is going to, you know, be beneficial rather than him coming in and kind of, like, on the fly taking over, like, you know, on a Tuesday. (laughs) You know, we've got till I can't remember when the next Kings game is, but we've got at least till Thursday or Friday. They can have a mini camp. Yeah, yeah, they can. They basically they can have a mini camp, and and a lot of like a lot of teams will be able to do that. You know, in terms of like you know reviewing, you know reviewing how that first half of the season went, and like tweaking rotations, things like that. Like, yeah. Just a word of caution, I mean, and because I, I've I've heard the mini camp thing uh, as a Knicks fan, because I remember when they traded for Carmelo. Uh, uh-huh. from Denver and they gave up you know most of their assets and then it was I think it, I don't yeah. remember if that was the strike shortened year or or what but for whatever reason uh, they just didn't have any time to practice it was just a bunch of back-to-backs and then days off and so finally there was a point where uh, they were able to get like four or five days in a row and Mike D'Antoni was like you know we're gonna we're gonna finally put some practice in some consistency. you can get uh, Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo working together, and it's and it's gonna be really great. And then it, you know, wasn't really. So <laughs> we, yeah, we we all know how that has turned out. Yeah. Right now, I'm just um, I'm anxious because you know there's this trade deadline, and so there's this like it, it, it kind of exacerbates that like all right, what are we gonna do like to make this team better? We've got about like four days to pull something off, you know, and maybe just getting a, a coach you know instead of having like a, a what has seemed like a cardboard cutout of of corbin <laughs> on a on the bench you know yeah. <laughs> it's like like maybe he's there maybe he's not um is like you know just getting someone who who can bring some leadership back and 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 make the most of this season seems like the enough of a splash and it like i hope they're very conservative in terms of who they go after and who they give up. Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, Macklemore or Stauskas being, like, on the block. And mm-hmm. that, that gives me the hesitation because it seems like the same front office mistakes that we, that like, a lot of fans, like, were, like, fully, you know, in awe of in the previous, uh, in the previous ownership, you know? I mean, we've got... We've got some great players in the league right now who are who are filling valuable minutes for for playoff teams that like weren't getting off the bench in Sacramento, <laughs> and we gave them away for cash, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so, hope you know. Hopefully, like they're just they're you know they're willing to be a little bit more patient and and, and let the off season kind of like be that. You know, yeah, find out where we're at the lottery and whatnot. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, so you mentioned um, earlier uh, before we got on 
that you want to talk about uh, Kevin Durant and his comments just before the All Star game that uh, yeah. reporters don't know shit. What's your What's your take on that as a as a journalist? Yeah, I, you know, I deal with this. You deal with this in just about every aspect of of journalism, I imagine. Whether you're like a movie critic or a music critic, like you know, when I wouldn't say critic, but music journalist, as as I've you know been for a while, and and even in in sports, like you deal with people who who kind of like are 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 have that like access and that that availability or that you know that basically the access to you know, the, the top stories, and you kind of get this, like, impression that, like, man, that person's just dialing it in and, like, dropping the ball, or, like, why did they ask that asinine question, you know, like, when they, or, or why didn't they follow that question up with, like, an even better one based on their, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the information that was just given to them, like, it seems so obvious that, like, you know, you would do more with this access and then to have someone kind of like give an uh, you don't know shit <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, statement, uh, it just, it, you know, it, I'm glad it's happening. Because mm-hmm. it's got to be, it's got to be frustrating as hell to be an athlete and to be asked these like rudimentary questions like game after game and like what a drain. And and, and to know that, like, you know, as he kind of put it, that, like, these, this kind of, like, ritualistic, you know, um, writing style and interview style is, is like, putting the emphasis on the article on, like, the, the, the player to, like, guide, you know, to, to you know, guide them. And, and yeah, really, like, like for me. Yeah, yeah, write it for me, like, with your, with your quotes and, you know, and, like, and tell me what happened out there. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's asking a player to be, you know, to have a side job as like a, a fact checker or something like that. For, for a content for, machine. For a content machine. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure he's getting paid, you know, a good amount to not need a side job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I kind of see a parallel here between um, the Super Bowl media day when Marshawn Lynch just, you know, his his response to every question was, "I'm just here so they won't find me," and mm-hmm. you know that I, I I side with both the journalist and the athlete on this. Like, I don't think the athletes necessarily have to be out there if they don't want to give you a quote, they don't have to give you a quote. I don't think we should give them shit about it. Um, yeah. At the same time, like the like the journalist need to they, like the access is kind of what uh what gives them the credential to write about it in like the new york times so yeah you know, you know i mean they need to have something to talk about but i kind of missed the days you know before highlight shows and everything when you know recaps were like really recaps they were like descriptive accounts of how the game went down and now they're just kind of like the best quotes that you could get out of whoever you could get them from um so i think like yeah. kind of the two sides are like really far apart right now and if they could just come meet in the middle somewhere, I think we as yeah. uh, fans of the game would be the ones to benefit because right now we're not. I, I, I would agree uh, entirely on that because it really, 
you know, and I think it needs to have this, um, these like lines in the sand right now so that like, you know, we can all be aware of like, you know, our, our roles in, in, in the business is like, because, you know, it can get better and, and, and I think it will because of it, you know, you do need a little like checks and balances to, to restore like, you know, some order to it and, and make people remember like, you know, what their purpose is and, <laughs> and what they're, you know, and, and who they're writing for and, and, you know, why they're, why they're there. And, and I think this will help. And, so, uh, you know, I'd like to think it will help. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, so what are your projections for the rest of the season? Uh, Kind of, I mean, is there anything you can take away from the All Star Game and kind of put put that on on the you know the playoffs at large, or uh, is this totally inconsequential? And if so, who do you think will win the East? Who will win the West? Man, you know, I'd say I'd say it remains inconsequential, but I'm I'm excited. For for the playoffs this year, simply because when I when, first of all, when I, I mean, I still think the East is like really lacking. Yeah, uh, weak like sauce. it's just, it's yeah, it's weak sauce. Yeah, weak sauce. But the you know, I read, I was reading the the All Star recap uh, by Zach uh, Lowe at Grandstand today, and the, anyway, well, not the All Star recap, but the kind of like. Um, you know, like, all right, here we go, like crunch time for the uh, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that was mentioned was that, like, you know, Toronto is not certain that they're, like, the, you know, the top-tier team that they're performing as, you know? Like, sure, we're, you know, we're number one in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, we're number two in the East. But, like, that doesn't guarantee us, like, you know, anything. And... And, you know, you know, especially with the way Atlanta's playing, sure, like, Chicago's just a kind of, like, slightly on their heels, but, like, and, yeah, I guess the same could go for, like, Washington. But that's, like, all of those teams are, like, not what the conversation was in 2014, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, for those to be the, the, the top five teams that we're, like, talking about, and then, like, you throw in Milwaukee's, like... I rise like I think that's very exciting and they're a, a dangerous a dangerous team especially if they can keep improving like as like a defensive team because they're already like like physically have, have this like stretch ability that like you know a lot of teams are they're going to cause problems it's just like you know them continuing to like grow uh, you know and uh, man in the, in the west like it's just I mean, obviously, San Antonio is like they have a system, you know, yeah. and <laughs> and it, and that system means that like everybody's going to be healthy and rested, and whether they're you know the eighth team or the fifth, like yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter who they who they play. I see a lot of Golden State games, and they're so fun to watch. And like the crowd in Oakland for Golden State is like you can feel their energy like all the way like out here, you know. And like we have a lot of Golden State fans out here, and it's you know, it's kind of what you do in Sacramento when like you know May rolls around. It's <laughs> like <laughs> it's like all right, well the Kings had you know valiant season, great. All right, now start watching the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. 
then like and like hope that they like you know really make a a splash in the playoffs and like i see that i just look top to bottom in the west it's crazy yeah think i, I that, think you're like, right i don't think there's going to be a bad series in the yeah. playoffs like I'm, I'm probably i think even in the east which is like we, but like i think miami's in the eighth seed right now and like mm-hmm. I, you know that's still a good game watching the hawks play you know a lebronless miami I mean, I think LeBron going back to Cleveland was the best possible thing that could have happened to the NBA this season because it's just kind of made the parody wide open. Um, yes. And it's just, it's, I think the playoffs, like you said, it's just going to be so much fun to watch all those games. No matter where San Antonio is, they're going to put up a fight. They're probably going to win. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Can, like, uh, can Cleveland, like, you know, right the ship in time? You know, I... I think so, because mm-hmm. LeBron took a couple of terrible Cavs teams really far by himself, <laughs> and yes. the fact that now he's got, you know, Kevin Love is still kind of trying to figure out who he is on this team, um, but he's still got half a season to work on that. Um, got mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, who looked great in the All-Star game last night, um, and then I'm just super excited because they got J.R. Smith, and there's this guy on YouTube, B-Ball Breakdown. Uh, he he did a post mm-hmm. last week all about how J.R. Smith, like just because he's playing with better players than he was playing with on the Knicks, how his numbers are just skyrocketing. And I think if the more time that they kind of get to come together, um, I think they can take a team really deep, um, and I think they can sneak a victory. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, not you kinda... against the West, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think, and I think like if you look back to like when J.R. Smith was a. Um was a nugget he you know he 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 played you know within himself and 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 like he can get back to that you know with the with the structure that david blatt has for the, for the Cavs and and is and you know you know he knows he knows where he's needed in, ten, in terms of like you know with the knicks they i don't know they just seem to kind of like roll the ball out on the court and just say whoever's open is like it's your shot yeah, next. shoot it from you know? wherever you want that was yeah, the philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, uh, last question. Mm-hmm. You're booking the uh, NBA All-Star Game next season. Who do mm-hmm. you put in the uh, the opening show, and who do you put in the halftime show? <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, it's crazy that um, the SNL 40 had higher ratings than the NBA All-Star Game. Yeah. And they had Kanye and Miley Cyrus, whereas like the All Star Game this year was was getting was it Ariana Grande and Nas? Yeah, and, uh, and so, Christina Aguilera. Christina Ag- oh, and Christina Aguilera. It just seemed so. It was like two thousand one. It's yes, yeah, so so two thousand and late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think a Kanye halftime performance. Could he would take it to that level that uh, Marvin Gaye, you know, singing the singing the national anthem could 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 kind of bring it to? Yeah. And 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 maybe and you know and maybe we have we have (laughs) D'Angelo on the opening and just really just really give it that possibility of being a little less like I don't know totally unpredictable stripped and yeah 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 because it's. It's yeah. There's nothing that's more predictable 
than like what they did this year. <laughs> Yeah. You take like, you know, a New York rap legend in Nas and 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 just, you know, let him do that thing for the New York uh appeal and then you just filter in a, a pop star hopeful in in the halftime and like I'd say like if you look at some of the more impactful all star performances, like you gotta you gotta find somebody who's gonna like really have the vision and, and, and compete with like you know having Marvin Gaye out there you know yeah. like yeah, it just needs it needs that and so yeah I'd say give it give it to like Kanye and D'Angelo and like just turn a blind eye to like whatever they you know just you know don't don't think about the controversy they might you know bring to <laughs> it or whatever just let them do it because you guys lost in the ratings you know yeah. <laughs> And so, and that's what you got to, and that's what the all-star game, you know, it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, it's just a spectacle. It's supposed to be a spectacle, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I mean. Well, I mean, I I wonder, like, now that you mentioned the SNL ratings, it's really interesting because there was a, there's a New York Times piece last week about how the NBA all-star game is the only all-star game that, like, doesn't allocate any tickets for the casual fan. Um, and they basically have 100% of the tickets allotted to, you know, players, uh, union people, people that work for the NBA, corporate sponsors. I imagine uh, the corporate sponsor list is very long and takes up more mm-hmm. than it should. Uh, and then I think like 3,000 of the Knicks season ticket holders. But like maybe if they were to garner a little bit of goodwill with, you know, just the regular person that wants to go see the all-star game maybe you know maybe that's where the ratings disparity comes from is they're just like maybe they're so focused in on their like niche basketball audience um they kind of maybe are losing more of the mainstream yeah it's such a weird statistic it's like they're 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 ever you know they broadcast their company retreat you know and like you know and we're like oh let's tune in for like the the league owners doing trust falls like at halftime or something you know so it's like or like every you know that's the halftime entertainment is like they're doing like you know team building exercises out on the court i think i'd like that i think i I would like to see you know mark cuban just like absolutely furious at like you know the other owners because they're like falling behind in, in the in the competition you know yeah yeah yeah. All right, yeah. man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the big game. Uh, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk today. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the big game. If you haven't yet, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, or subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave a review if you like what you hear, or drop me a line at Jethro Target on Twitter. Stay tuned for more next week on The Big Game.